Well, today's sermon is entitled, God's Not Done With Me Yet. Aren't you glad God's not done with you yet? Amen? Now, I'm, a, I'm just going to do a little introduction. Now, I'm going to sit right over here in, in the preacher's seat. Is that all right with y'all? Because uh, my brother's got a story to tell. Now, many of you guys uh, had met Daryl and Keisha several, several months back. I'm trying to think when it was last summer. And he, he came and uh, shared a little bit about his life and what God had done. And matter of fact, we even called that, that sermon, if I'm not mistaken, Recovering from the Fumbles of Life. And you'll hear a lot, with, with Daryl's all about football. He loves football. And uh, we met through our job several, several years ago. And uh, we just hit it off. And you'll see why it's so easy to hit it off with Daryl and Keisha. Because they, they just love you where you are. And, they, and I'm going to tell you what I always say, man, that guy's just got a motivating spirit. You know, you can do it, buddy. You can do it. Yeah, I can do it. You know, isn't it good to have that, you know, somebody in your, in your corner? Well, guess what? Sometimes they need you in their corner, too. But what I want to share today is, you know, that, that through different circumstances, I'll give you a little background. You know, Daryl's uh, background was, and I won't tell all the story, but I just want to bring you up to date where we are if you hadn't been here last time. Because you're going to see where he was, what he went through, and where he's going. Amen? So I want you to get the, the fullness of that. Last time he shared about when, uh, when he was a little bit younger, man, not much younger, just a little bit younger. We had an opportunity uh, to, to go and, and try for the Washington Redskins. That's pretty amazing. And to go through all that. And get right down to the last cut. And get cut at the last thing. But you, if you hear his testimony, you go back through through uh, the past sermons that we have online. You didn't wipe that smile off his face. Because God opened another door. And he started in the truck driving business. And you know, doing things like that. And that's how we met. You know, bringing product and stuff to where uh, me and Rip and Mike and Miles all work. And so, you know, and he would come maybe a couple of times a week. So, uh, you know, you get kind of close with somebody. If you get to sit with somebody for an hour... And share your life. See, the truth, the, the truth of the matter is sometimes you don't even get to spend that much time with your family. A whole hour. And so it's, it's a blessing to me when I got to sit there, sit there and, and hear the things that, that God was doing in his life and continues to do. So that was a story last time. And he's got a totally different story, but still gives the same glory to God. Amen? See, that's never changed. Even though his circumstances changed, just like me and Kevin talked about the other day, bumps and bruises and all those things along the road and dreams, they might, they might change, but God never changes, amen? So I'm going to go ahead and introduce my buddy. I ask you guys to just give him a, a round of applause, and we're going to sit back and let him tell you about how God's not done with him yet. But just like Tanya said, this can apply to your life too. God's not done with you yet. You think, oh man, I've done this, I've been here, I've been counted out. God said, no, I still love you right where you are. And, and you know what? His promise is more than enough. So how about giving a warm welcome for my brother, Daryl Brown. Come on up, Daryl. All right. You know how we do Just a little bit, and then I'm going to get out of the way. I'll give you a little bit behind the scenes of, of, of what was going on uh, in Daryl's life before. And he's here to tell you about how God pulled him through some, some really tough stuff. And I don't, I don't want to jump into what he's doing, but I, I want you guys to, to hear this from this perspective. You know, that, that God doesn't cause bad things, amen? God works through bad things to make them good. Amen. Amen. And you're going to hear that through his story, but I want to make sure we're capturing this in the right mode here. And I also want you to know that, uh, you know, God loves you and, and God's no respecter of a person. Like she said, it's all level at the cross. So I want you to hear as he shares uh, what, what he's been through in the last little bit. And I'm going to let him take it from there. Also, um, you know, what, I'll give you a little bit more. Uh, 
February, as, as Daryl was working on one of the vehicles, one of the trucks, it exploded. It almost cost him his life. And I know many of y'all know that, that we've been praying. So you know what? You've got a hand clap. This is your walk in prayer request. Amen. And so with that being said, um, we really wanted you to understand the power of God, the power of prayer. And so what Keisha did, uh, we had talked about this, and we thought the best way to maybe share some of this, she took some, some pictures as he was going through things. And what I'd like to do is, is pass that around, but I want, if you don't want to look at them, because there's some tough spots, you know, he, he, was, he was really injured. You can just pass it on, and if you'd like to look at them, go ahead and pass it on, because the reason we want to, you to, to, if you feel led to look at this, is to see the power of God. That's the only reason, okay? That's the only reason we're sharing that, so that you can see the, the power of God and the power of your prayer, amen? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start over here with Mike, and he can pass that around. If, you, if you'd rather not look at it, just pass it on, it's okay. But I also, don't, don't let that uh, lose the focus of what he's going to say. But I want that to, to give you the full background. I want you to get the fullness of the power of God. Amen. So there, I'm going to let you do what you do, brother, and you tell them what God's doing. Amen. Amen. Well, this one a little different from the last time. Uh, I got emotional after this whole accident. Um, so that's why I got my towel here. If I start to cry, you know, just bear with me. But, um, I don't, I, I don't even know where to start, you know, other than, you know, God is amazing, and I'm a walking miracle. Um, like Buddy said, you know, going through the explosion, um, it was awful. There was nothing good about it, but he never allowed me to feel pain, you know. Um, as banged up as I was, he never allowed me to hurt, I, you know. And that's the amazing thing, because I wasn't in pain until after the surgeries, which was 19 surgeries later. Um, then I started feeling the pain. But through the whole ordeal, the accident, you know, I never hurt. And I didn't understand why I wasn't knocked out. I was conscious. I was able to communicate to all the help, the EMS, the first responders. I mean, I was able to walk to safety. No one came to get me. You know, I had to walk over 150 yards. Um, and once you see the pictures, you know, that'll put it into perspective because, you know, the accident itself put my life into perspective. And when I spoke to some of you guys the last time, you know, it was, it was more just an overview of my life and how God had blessed my life, gave me some opportunities that a lot of people don't get. Um, this one is a bit different because like Buddy said, you know, he's not going to do anything to hurt us, but through your pain, he's going to work through that with you. And you keep that faith in him and that trust in him, and he's going to walk that walk with you. And I'm here walking that walk. I'm still going through therapy. I'm still healing. But I just want to first and foremost tell you guys thank you. Amen. I mean, you guys' prayers, your cards, you know, I mean, the uplifting words, it touched me to a point where... You know, like I said, my voice is cracking now. It, it's, it was just overwhelming. Yeah. Um, my family, my wife, just going through all of that. It's only God. You, you can, I mean, there's nothing more I can say other than, you know, my prayers, your prayers, my family's prayers, my wife's prayers. They are being answered, you know. Um, so 
when you pray at night for whatever you may be going through. You know, everybody goes through something and we're all in God's waiting room. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you believe in your prayers. You know, don't lose faith in God because he's going to answer those prayers. And, you know, he answered mine. He answered my family's. Um, it was some tough times in the hospital. You know, three and a half weeks in intensive care. Your life goes from here to here. It stopped. You know, and I'm laying in the hospital bed and I'm looking out the window and I'm feeling as if life has continued to go, but mine has stopped. But really it hasn't. He just repositioned me. And he's still working through me now to reposition me. And the good thing about that is you feel it inside. You know, a lot of everything going on in my life before the accident was external. Now I'm learning who I am from the inside out versus looking outside in. And just laying in a hospital bed, you know, you're broken, but he's strengthening your mind. You know, he, he, he's pulling you in closer to him. And he's showing you his power, his mercy, his grace, his love. I mean, he gave it all to me through that whole ordeal. And, you know, as I sit here today, like I said, it, it's, 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 it's just amazing to me. You know, a lot of people say it's a miracle. You know, I'm still in awe of just his power. I'm, I'm just in awe. And, you know, like I said, this, this is just totally different from the last time. I mean, can, can we go back to a little bit? I, I want to I unpack this and kind of, I want you guys to get the, the fullness of this. Um, I think this was back in February, mm -hmm. and I think you came maybe on a Thursday, and me and Daryl sitting on the back of the truck offloading uh, a few things, and, and, uh, and, and what we do is, is a lot of stuff that we, we deal with in our, in our profession is, is uh, liquid oxygen, liquid nitrogen, uh, and liquid oxygen is very explosive, okay? And so it's very dangerous, and this guy is one of the safest guys I know, I'm going to tell you. But what I, what I, I, I'm not going to get into so much of that as much as I want to get into where I'm going now. We sat there and we talked about life. And we talked about how, how fast things change. And he thought, man, you know, I've really put a lot of time in here. I wonder if God's got something different for me. This is our last conversation, so I'm giving you a little bit where I'm at. That was on a Thursday. Now, I get a call on Sunday, but this actually happened. Saturday. Yeah, I got the call on Sunday, but what actually happened was you were at work on Saturday. Saturday morning, yes. So you were offloaded and there was an explosion. Can you tell a little bit how God worked to get you to safety? Look yeah, I mean, you know, like what I said, the explosion happened. Once the explosion happened, I mean, it was several things that led up to the explosion. Um, we were trained to handle that in a certain way. Um, and I'm going according to training. None of that worked out. None of that worked out. So, long story short, you know, the vessel pressure is just overpressurized. So, that's pretty much like taking anything that's carbonated and shaking it up, shaking it up, and it just swells, swells, swells. So, when you take the top off, you know what happens. So, you're looking at a tanker truck that holds about 8,000 gallons of liquid oxygen. And you're pumping it into a tank that holds 200 pounds of pressure. So, I mean, you're just looking at how much hydraulics is being forced to get that product in there. And, you know, as the, as the tank starts to overpressurize, I'm saying to myself, that's not good. And a couple of the things that should have happened didn't happen. 
So when I realized that I was in over my head and it was time to go, well, that thought and my movement was a couple of seconds too slow. And that's all it took. Um, once the explosion happened, of course, lost half of my hand, a couple of fingers. Um, this hand was mangled, I almost lost his thumb as well. Um, I just saw this blast of white light. Never heard the explosion, never, you know, but it was told to me that you could hear it for eight city blocks. I never heard it, you know, of course I wore my earplugs and they were still in, but at one point, and I really don't know how much time elapsed, and I would love to see some kind of surveillance camera as to what actually went on after the explosion because what I remember when I came to is that I was standing up what felt like minutes ago. Now I'm on the ground and I can't get up because my wrist, both wrists was broken. Of course, my hands was all damaged. And I couldn't, you know, 265 pounds and I couldn't push up. And I'm trying to figure out why. You know, my ears are ringing. I got this, mm. So I couldn't get to my feet, so I started to crawl. And I crawled forward and I could feel the liquid oxygen. So right, that told me right there something happened to the truck. I didn't know what, but I, liquid oxygen is not supposed to be on the ground. So at that point, I crawled backwards. Now, it's a dumpster that's normally 12 feet away from me. I don't know if I was blown to the dumpster or the dump, dumpster was blown over to me. I just know it was right beside me. So I leaned up against that because I couldn't breathe now. Like I said earlier, never felt any pain, but I had some extensive injuries but never knew my injuries, you know. Vision was blurred because some of the product got in my face. My hard hat was blown 75 yards away from the truck. That's where they found my hard hat. Fortunately enough, my head wasn't in there, you know. So um, I'm crawling around and I'm crawling around and I'm trying to get my burns about me, but just knowing the layout of this facility. Because for the past six years, I've been going there just like I come there in NASA. Go there sometimes two, three times a day to make a delivery. So just knowing the layout of the place, Blurred vision, I'm just crawling, and I crawled to a wall. And when I got to the wall, I was so exhausted that I just turned around and sat there. But it was something in me that said, you know, this is bad, and if I'm gonna die, I'm not gonna die alone. And I knew some other truckers just, you know, a few yards away from me. So I said, you know, if they're gone, I'm gonna walk to the scare house, which is at the front of the plant where you check in at, and I wouldn't have never made it there if it weren't for these guys. Um, so as I'm walking, well, I crawl to the wall and I kind of skirt it up the wall. And I'm walking along the wall is what's holding me up. And when the wall ran out, now I'm just standing there. And I'm like, whoa, I can't, I can't just walk. You know, so I had to take baby steps. So I'm taking these baby steps. And again, what was told to me was over 150 yards. So, you know, in the condition I was in to walk that far and to get to these guys, as I'm walking and I'm, I'm out of breath, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And one guy came to me and said, hold oh, on, oh, where you going, big guy? I said, man, something just happened. I'm not sure, but something just happened. So he said, hold on, stand right here. So that's when he had his one arm on my shoulder. He went in his truck and got his cooler. He set me down on his cooler. And it's like once he set me down, I couldn't breathe at all. It cut off all airway. So he got behind me and he started lugging my shoulders and putting his knee in my back, which was helping me breathe. Then another guy came from nowhere. He just got down right here in front of me. And um, he was asking me my name and everything. And we were talking and conversating. And um, 
I started getting real tired and I just wanted to go to sleep. I just, I wanted to go to sleep so bad. And every time I would close my eyes, you know, he would, he would yell at me and keep me awake. And, you know, he was telling me about his wife forgot his lunch, so he's having a bad day, but not as bad as yours, but, but he, you know, he would never, he would never tell me how bad off I was. You know, cause I, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? I knew something that happened, but I, like I said, I was in no pain, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm laughing at this guy. And he asked me, he said, man, you play football, you're a pretty big guy. I'm like, yeah, I played football back in the day. But I'm trying to get him to tell me what happened, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't, he, I mean, he just, oh, man, you, you okay. You banged up, but you okay. I'm like, okay. So then, through all of that, the plant that I was in, the people finally showed up. And he jumped on them, and I mean, he jumped on them. And um, they were telling him to calm down. They had another guy up the road trying to get cellular service so he could call somebody. Um, so those were my three angels because I have yet to get a hold of those guys. I've been trying and it's like, you know, that's, they were there for that, you know, um, but they were regular truckers and for them to even know to keep me alive with the breathing and, you know, just keep me from falling asleep. Um, cause once the EMS got there, that's when I knew how bad off I was because when they was asking questions, I'm telling them my name and everything and who I work for. And they got me off the cooler, they put me on the backboard, and, you know, I had a, I had a, a laceration to my, to my small intestines. So they had to go in and fix that right then, right then and there, laying out there. So, um, you know, while they fixing that, I'm still thinking they're trying to cut my uniform off me. Because I heard one guy ask, man, what, what, kind of, what kind of material is this? And I wanted to tell him, but I couldn't. It's flame retardant material, but I could feel them tugging at me and tugging at me while they was trying to cut it off. And actually, I'm, I'm laying down there with like a smile on my face, like they having a hard time getting this uniform off. Because once again, I felt no pain. I was in no pain whatsoever. And when I heard the guy say, you know, we'll need a helicopter for this one. Then it starts to sink in. Oh, I'm pretty bad. I'm not just gonna get in an ambulance and take a ride to the hospital. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad. So at that point, I, I kind of relaxed. And because um, I knew at that point it was in God's hands. I mean, once they got me to the heliport, and, you know, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but I felt like I was making my peace then with God. I was, you know, because through all of that, like I was explaining to you guys, I could hear what was going on. But once we got to the heliport, I couldn't even hear the propellers of the plane. I couldn't hear anybody talking anymore. And I had my eyes open and all I could see was white. That's all I could see. And I'm laying there. I'm like, okay, well, it's not good. So I could feel like, now this is February, now any cut my uniform completely off me. My wife can tell you all I got left is my boots and my belt. And I'm laying there and I'm feeling like this summer breeze, you know, but it's, it's February and, and I'm laying there. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm ready to cross on over here. So I'm like, God, just make it easy on my family. And I close my eyes. The helicopter ride, from what they told me, they flew me to MCB. MCB didn't have a trauma bed ready when they called it in, so they had to fly me to Norfolk General. I knew none of that, but when I got to Norfolk General, it's just like in the movies. I mean, I'm, I'm there, and I don't know how many times they hit me with the paddles, but I heard one time when they said clear, and they hit me, and I almost came up off the gurney, and I had a doctor sitting, like on the gurney, he had my neck, my chin, and a nurse was sitting right here on my chest, and she was trying to get the camera down my throat. And I'm looking around like, 
what is going on? And all I could see was that big globe of lights that they have in the operating room. And when they got that camera down there, I felt it going down. That was, oh, that was awful. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gagging and I'm gagging. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, but I couldn't talk because I had the clamp in my mouth. So I'm like, what is happening here? But once again, I wasn't in any pain. And that, that, that's the strangest thing. Because once they got the camera down, and because there was so much blood, they had to put the camera down to see where I was bleeding from. And was it a, 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 a collapsed lung? They already had to work on my intestines out there in the field. So, you know, I just went off to sleep at that point. I was, they had me sedated, and next thing I remember, they were waking me up and they was telling me to call, and that's when they took that camera out, and I still had the clamp on my mouth. And at that time, you know, they had me in recovery, and I'm laying there, and by that time my family had got there, all my family was there, and you know, I could hear them, but I couldn't respond, and all I told God was thank you, because they, you know, I could hear them, it's like that buzz in the room, you could hear people crying and sniffling, and you know, I couldn't see them, but I could hear them, I could feel their presence, and I, you know, I told God thank you, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, wow, I'm alive, you know. And that's just the best feeling in the world when you've gone through something. And like I said, I, I thought what I was doing was making my peace with God and asked him to make it easy on my family. So how he made it easy on my family was to keep me alive. And because they were there, I mean, they were all in the room. And we're talking ICU. And I got a pretty big family, and all of them was in there. And, and I'm laying now. I couldn't respond because when the doctor came in, you know, he had called my name several times. I could hear him, but I couldn't respond. And it was like, right when I could feel people getting close to the bed, you know, that's when I, you know, he, he called my name. He was calling me Mr. Brown at first, and then, you know, when he called, when he said Daryl, I said, yeah. He said, oh, he'd be fine. And he walked out the room. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, I'm laying there, and now my family, you know, they want, you know, they leaning down, they talking to me, they praying, and and I'm not, I'm not grasping all of this at the time, because I still, I know something happened, I know I'm hurt, I know I'm in the hospital, but to what extent, I had no clue. So as the days passed on, and I was able to open my eyes and really see, and I could only see out of this eye, this I couldn't see out of this eye at all when I first, you know, came around and um, that scared me. But I think once I started coming into tune with what was happening to me, that's when the pain stopped. <laughs> I mean, I, I could feel the pain then and I'm, I'm laying there and I'm laying there and I got all these people around me and the nurses coming in and they're working on me and they're giving me medication, they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm like, I can't move. Can't move. I'm thinking I'm paralyzed. Now, with everything going on, all I'm worrying about is being paralyzed. You know, um, and I'm laying there, so I started to cry because I thought I was paralyzed because I, I couldn't move my body. But, you know, as my family started getting the story and putting it together, and, you know, the helicopter pilot, he came in to check on me. Um, and as people was giving it to me, I couldn't process it at the time until I talked to the doctor. When he came in and he told me my injuries, he told me what he was trying to do, because I mean, he told me he was experimenting stuff. He had no clue. I mean, the way my hand was, I mean, um, 
for those of you who've seen the pictures, you can see the hand, and they didn't know which way to go with the hand. He said he was going to try some stuff, so I was like, hey, do what you got to do. And, you know, I'm laying there, and I started to pray to God, you know, and it wasn't so much as, as prayers versus a conversation with God. And, you know, I'm laying there, and I'm, I'm just talking to God, and, you know, when my wife got there, she was my fiance at the time, it just started changing stuff in my life. Through that conversation I had with God, and once she got there, and things in my life started to change. I mean, I mean, one after another, things in the past was coming to, to change, and, and things that I had to deal with, things she had to deal with, and I'm, I'm laying there, and you know, it was nothing I could do but lay there. I had to depend on everybody else, everybody else. And, you know, with your guys' prayers and, you know, the bad days. And, and, and I was telling them, you know, but it would come around when I felt the worst, which was awesome. Because he would walk in there, you know, those days when I'm sitting there, and, you know, you're feeling, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Because, like I said, you're laying in that hospital room, and you're looking out the window, and life is still going on, but you're in here, and you're like, why can't that be out there? You know, I'm missing something. You know, you just want to get back into the swing of things, and you can't move, and you start feeling down and depressed, and here come Buddy. You're like, man, I didn't walk through this whole hospital. They sent me here. They sent me there. Then he get in there with his energy. It gets me out of the bed. I sit, sit in the chair. We talk. We pray. We laugh. We cry. And, you know, he pray with the family, he leave. You know, my wife, she was there every day, all day. Didn't want to leave my side, didn't leave my side. Took the hospital over. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like all the nurses were there for after the first week was that medicine medicine. Everything else was her. They was asking her questions of, you want us to do this for him? You want us to do that for him? I'm like... Oh no! <laughs> what what are y'all doing? Oh well, we gotta ask your wife, and they telling other nurses. Well, ask this fiance person. I'm like, hey, Bing Bing Bing, I'm here. And but she did a wonderful job. I, I probably wouldn't have made it through this without her. Um, God put something in her, cause she she didn't know. She didn't know. I mean, she changed this gauze on his hand because they had to be done twice a day to ward off infection because. It was open. The hand was open, and that that hey, they was like, look, we cannot let this hand get infected. And me personally, I was saying, just cut it off. I was like, just just take it off, and I'll go from there. But the doctor was like, look, if I cut it off, I'm about to cut it off at the elbow. Why lose a perfect good arm for a couple of fingers? So I said, you the doctor, you know. I humble myself. I say, hey, you do what you got to do, but this pain is. Whew. I mean, with all the pain meds, and like I said, they was giving me pain meds after pain meds after pain meds, and I was still hurt, you know, and that's the part that, that, that's really upsetting to you because everything they was doing to me hurt, you know. It's like when the accident happened, I didn't feel pain, but like in the hospital, I felt everything, and I was thinking I'm in the hospital. This is when you're supposed to not feel pain, but... <laughs> Everything they did to me, every part of my body that they touched hurt. And it was so confusing to me because I couldn't understand. And so when they was telling me about the facial surgeries, um, I was kind of getting in a panic because, 
I know I don't know if you guys seen the movie Face Off, but um, I have titanium in my face. My whole, both over the sockets, my nose bone, all that's titanium. And, and I was telling my wife, I was like, they're gonna cut my whole face off and put it in a solution and fix my face. They're like, they're not gonna take your face off. I'm like, yes, they are. like, no, they're not. You know, because the doctor came and told me what he had to do. So I'm laying there like, you gotta reconstruct my face, because those were the words. He said, I'm gonna have to reconstruct your face. And when they showed me the x-ray, it was just fragments floating. All I had was my jawbone, they were intact, my chin was intact, my forehead was intact, but everything here was pretty much just fragments floating around. And when he showed me that and started explaining what he had to do, and he said he was gonna cut right along the eyebrow. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then, you know, when we got into surgery, what was maybe some 12, 14 hours later, um, you know, I'm thinking my whole head was gonna be wrapped up and I was gonna come out looking like a mummy, but when I came out, all I had was like little things right here because he used from my safety glasses from the explosion. When it blew my hard head off, it blew my safety glasses into my face. So that these, these inventions right here, which have healed tremendously, because at first they was, you could tell. You could, it looked like I still had glasses on. And he just, you know, as he was doing the surgery on the hands, and when he went to the face, he was like, you know, he just took the scalpel and cut them a little deeper, and he just used these versus going along the brow. He just used it, cuts them with that. So, and, and that's when you guys praying for the surgeon's hands and faster coming down there, praying for the surgeon, praying for me. I mean, it just, you know, gave people, you know, I mean, God just worked through them to, to, to heal me. Um, even with Keisha, you know, she was doing things that she didn't know she could do. I mean, changing his goals. I mean, she's into finance and mortgage. She's, she's not into medicine. And, you know, she, she's doing this stuff. Because I remember when we finally got home, and this is a funny story. We finally got home. And I'm, I mean, I'm like a, a sick puppy dog. I can't move. I can barely speak because my lips was all swollen and you know, I still got some cuts and stuff in there. So I'm sitting there and she was like, it's time to change the goals. I'm like, okay. So, and at that point, you know, you had to pretty much change it. And she told me this, it was goals packed in the hand and the holes in the hand, they packed goals in there. So she would have to get those out and change the goals. And I'm sitting there in, in, in pain, I'm, I'm hurting. But I'm trying still to be macho because I don't want her to see me hurting, but she knew I was hurting. But I'm trying to be strong for her because her eyes are watering and she's doing this and she's being extra careful. And so, what do you say, a dressing change took about an hour, hour and a half. But she would get it done and she just passed out on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't lift you. <laughs> I'm like, like, that's not good here. You know, so I can't even dare the phone to call 911. I'm like, you scam me. You know, she just fell out on the floor. And, and, you know, just to have her go through that with me, it really brought us closer together. I mean, because when you got somebody in the human form, we all know God's walking that walk with us. But when he puts somebody in your life that's going to walk that walk right alongside you, take every step you take, I mean... She kept the hospital in check. She kept my family in check. I mean, she just, 
she just took precedence over my whole being. And I, I truly believe God put that in her to do that. Because like I said, we're talking about a woman that she can't even watch a scary movie. You know? And I'm pretty sure by seeing those pictures, y'all can see I look like something from a scary movie. So, and for her to be there, and I mean, it was times where I would be hurting so bad and I just wanted her to roll my chest because that was the only way I could get comfortable. And just her touch, because when they did it in the hospital, the goals changed. I, I couldn't watch. I couldn't. And it was worse than that because they did this thing called a wet to dry. So they wanted to like pull the dirt and all the fragments out of the hand via the goals. So I mean, they just pulling. If any, I'm pretty sure somebody here has had an injury where you just put a gauze on and it sticks. That's. This whole hand was that way, and they had it wrapped up, and they had to pull that off. And like I said, it was like holes in there from what she was telling me. I haven't even seen it. But it was packing the holes with gauze, and then they would wrap it. And they did that for a couple of weeks, and that was the most painful thing in the world. And that's why I said the pain really started in the hospital, which is confusing to me. But um, just going through that, you know, every night, you know, I had those conversations with God. You know, I would have dreams and, you know, they were spiritual dreams. You know, it just it just brought me in closer because he was like, okay, you're laying here, now I got time to speak to you. You know, as I'm moving about, you know, it's sort of like Pastor Buddy, just busy, busy, busy all the time, working 14 to 16 hours a day, running, 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 running. This was the time for him to really put his hand on me. And, you know, because... Everybody was like, oh, you're healing fast. Even Pastor Buddy, you know, he would call, man, I need an update, I need an update. And I'm telling him this and I'm telling him that. He's like, whoa, buddy, you're moving too fast on me now. You're doing this now, you're doing this. I'm like, yeah, we we moving on to this level. And, um, you know, and that's, that's just a testament to God. I mean, he's really been working through my life, even before the accident. Even before, when I came and spoke to you guys last summer, it, it, it's like he's working, he's been working. And maybe trucking, because like I was telling you before, how it, easy, it was so easy for me to leave football and get into trucking. And now, here's something else that's probably sending me in another direction. So you can never get too down and you can't get too high. Just try and stay even because when you, when you really get into a situation, and me personally, I was always one of those quote unquote independents. You know, I like to do my own thing, do for myself. Didn't want to ask anybody for too much or to help me do anything. God changed that, you know, because he, you know, through this accident, like I said, he's not going to do anything to hurt us. He didn't have this accident to happen to me, but he used this accident to reach me. And it was to a point where he knew I like to work with my hands. Well, guess what? My hands are the most damaged. You know, I can get over my face. Um, like I said, I thought I was paralyzed. Didn't even break a bone other than my hands and what was in my face. You know, didn't even crack my skull, no concussions. You know, so I'm laying there and he's strengthening me, not just physically, but mentally. Because things was going on around me that normally I would be able to put my hands on and monitor the pulse of it. But I couldn't. He didn't want me to do that. He wanted, me, he wanted this stuff to unfold. He wanted me to heal. And he wanted me to say, hey, I'm home, God. I'm home. That's all he wanted. And once I did that, once I really, really, really humbled myself and gave myself to God, he was like, okay, 
now we're going to fix you. And, you know, with all you guys praying for me and Buddy telling me and how hard you guys was praying, and I'm getting cards and I'm getting inspiration and, you know, I'm, I'm like just overwhelmed. And I'm, I'm telling her, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is just amazing. And, you know, it was always put in me. I call this my thank you tour. You know, because like I said, it's people in West Point I need to thank at the Volunteer Rescue Squad. Um, because, like I said, somebody just being uber independent, I had to depend on others to survive. And God already knew that, hey, you're going to make it through this. He knew he knew that. I didn't. You know, but he wanted me to see that you're going to need somebody in your life. And, you know... He molded Keisha to be that nurse, that nurturer. I mean, like I said, this is a woman that deals in finance and mortgage, but you couldn't tell the difference. Only thing is she didn't have on the scrubs and she took care of me. And another funny story, when we was at home and um, you know, I had the sutures in my face and you know, with the burns and everything, you know, they were healing. But she was pulling the scabs off and I'm asleep. And she would wait till I fall asleep and she was pulling scabs off my face. <laughs> And I wake up and I'm looking and she's hovered over me, pulling scabs on my face and I'm, you know, when she see I'm woke, she'll try to stop. You know, I'm like, what are you doing? She said, I'm just cleaning up the sutures, so, you know, you got to get them taken out next week. I'm like, okay, that's next week. She's like, okay, no problem. So she'll sit there and watch TV. As soon as I fall off to sleep. So I said, okay, she's going to do it. And, and she, it was so funny because... She was, I was getting a facial. She had the little creams on there, the little gold. She had rolled up and had it like dampening this one while she worked on this one. Then she'll put one over here and start back over there. And when we finally did get to the hospital, they had the sutures removed. We up in the room for maybe, what, hour, hour, 15 minutes. And we tried, we had two people come in and do follow-ups on me. Like, no, no, we don't need any more follow-ups. We're here to get the sutures removed. And that's like, oh, let me go get a suture remover kit. So we think she's going to come back with some medicine bag and all this and that. Pat tweezers and some sutures. <laughs> I went 15 minutes later, all the five minutes worth of work, she popped the sutures out. So, I mean, just, just going through all of this has been amazing for me. Um, I'm a walking miracle, and, you know, it's just... A testimony of, of God's power, his grace, his glory, because to go through something like that, you know, you never ask why. You don't even want to know why. You know, he has his reasons. Um, everything happens for a reason. And I'm truly blessed. I'm blessed beyond blessed. Um, and I was blessed before the accident. But it just took the accident for me to realize how blessed I was because it changed my whole perspective on life. Even, not that I was living life reckless, but things was coming so easy for me in life that you tend to lose focus. You really do, you tend to lose focus. So when he wants to reposition you, he looks for different ways for different people. He looks for a way to reposition you. Through the accident, he was like, no, no, I don't need you up here. Yeah, I, you got work to do. So let's, let's get you right, let's get you healed. And we're going to start this process. And in doing that, I just feel so good because, you know, going through that, anything we go through in life, and especially for me and my wife, we, anything we go through at this point, we can deal with. Because we had to deal with some 
that, I mean, for her, for me, for my family, I mean, we, we they didn't know what to do. I mean, my mom, when I, she actually got to Norfolk because the job had got her in route, her and my older sister, they had got her in route while they was flying me to MCB. But they got the word that they were gonna take me to Norfolk, so they actually beat us to Norfolk. And um, she saw me actually coming in, her child, full of blood to the point, you know, beyond recognition, and she told me, they told her I may not make it through this. And that was four hours later, you know, they came back and told her, we, we may be stabilized, but we don't know for how long. Another eight hours after that, you know, that's when I was ended up in ICU and the whole family was there. And she was ready to start telling them that I may not make it through this, but, you know, the doctor was in there calling my name, trying to figure out, okay, is he going to make it, isn't he, you know? So when I finally responded, you know, he just walked out of the room and said, oh, he's going to be fine. So, um... And just going through all that and having the strength to go through that, you know, that's what God instilled in me. Like I said, just going through football, just taking that to its highest level. Yeah, I didn't get to play in the NFL, but for a few weeks I got to don the uniform. I got, I got, I, I, I felt the experience. But when that didn't work out, I didn't get into the self-pity mode. I got in the truck. You know, I couldn't work in an office or nothing like that. I was used to being outside. From the time I was seven years old to 22 years old, I played football. I was always outside. So, you know, I was like, man, I got to do something, you know. I'll get that CDL. And that came so easy to me. So, just like that, whatever happens to me in my life from this point forward, I'm going to take it on just like I took on those challenges, you know. Because if you do that, it'll be easy for you. You know, so I mean, you keep the self-pity away, you know, you keep the depression away, and just surround yourself with positive people and, and, and just focus on God and the love that He shares, and you can make it. You can make it. Amen. 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 Thank you so much.
God is in control, even in the midst of everything else that we're dealing with. He's not bound by time. See, over and over we think, well, you know, well, well, is God going to come back and just, just leave me here and come back and get me? God never left him. God never left him. God walked with him through the whole situation. And you know what? He knows what you need when you need it. Amen. God puts people in your life at the right time. Amen. If you're listening and willing to receive a little bit. So you might want to take a little inventory of who God's put in your life. Family, friends, co-workers. Amen. Because you can make a difference and they'll make a, a difference in you. But you know what really makes the difference? Prayer makes a difference. Every time I would talk to Daryl and Keisha, I said, what do you need? Well, Pastor Butter, just keep the prayers going. Prayers work. Keep the prayers coming. That's what he would always say. Keep the prayers coming. But now I want to hit you with this here. It's always good to have the voice of encouragement. Amen. Now I want to tell you, when I got to the hospital, Daryl couldn't see real well. And this is what he would tell me every time I had the privilege to visit her. Hey, bro, come over here so I can hear your voice. Just stand by me so I can hear your voice. You remember what he was talking about when he was trying to get up the side of that hill? He was listening for their voice. The voice. What are we speaking to people's situation? What is the word that we have? I pray that we're speaking life. And I want you to know this. God still speaks. Amen. God's still speaking. What does he speak? Guess what? His words bring comfort, healing. Amen. Peace. His word brings hope. See, I want to point you to, to the one that, that makes it all come together. I want to point you to Jesus. Amen. That's what we want to know today. How, how, how do I lean into that voice, that small, still voice? Let me tell you, just like our brother was telling you. He said, you know what? God got him through all that pain. There are how many surgeries did you have, bro? 19. 19 surgeries. 19 surgeries. The first time I met his mom was, was in the third or fourth floor, whatever that emergency room. I had to go everywhere to find her. I found her. But I had never seen his mother before in my life. And she said, well, they said, go down this hall, go down this hall, go down here. I'm like, man, where's this woman at? And finally, I open this door, I knock on this door, and she come out with the biggest smile. She said, he's been talking about you all day. She knew exactly who I was, but let me tell you, I knew who she was too. Because you couldn't even take that smile off her face. And we sat there on the side. She, she had a room up there, and we just sat on the side of that bed, and we prayed. And she was fully confident that God was going to see her boy through. Fully confident. Did I say it was easy? No way. But she was fully convinced that God had a plan. Amen. That's the encouragement you see. Because she knew God still speaks. She knew God's word brings comfort and healing and peace and hope. Amen. But that voice of encouragement. We can get the voice of encouragement through God's word. Through his spirit. Through prayer. And through others. Are you being a voice of encouragement? But I'll tell you what. This is a hope we will we'll pass it on. Confidence is in Christ. Amen. Jesus is the final authority. See, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, he's not a part-time savior. Amen. He don't just show up on Sundays. Amen. Even though that's when we, sometimes that's when we show up. But God's not a part-time God. Amen. He's in charge all the time. He, he, he always was, he always is, and always will be fully committed. Amen. He didn't say on that cross, he didn't get on that cross and say, it is almost finished. He said, it is finished. It is finished. If you're walking through a tough time today, I want to put your eyes on Jesus and know that it is finished and that we can trust in the finished work of the cross. Amen. I want you to hear that. No matter what bumps and bruises you had, no matter what your past is like, God says, 
I'm the final authority on that. Amen? So it doesn't matter what, it, what things look like. Things look pretty tough sometimes, don't they? We say, my goodness, there's no way out of here. But see, God's never caught off guard. And I want you to know this. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Amen? Huh? I want you all to hear that one. It doesn't matter what the neighbors say. We're going to go to what God says and line it up with his word. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. And it doesn't matter about your past. We can have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready for this? What matters is Jesus is sufficient. What matters is that we grab hold of that truth of what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the whole package. That's the whole deal. See, your track record is not, not what qualifies you. Your track record don't qualify you. Jesus Christ qualifies you through his finished work on the cross. Amen. So all the stuff and all the struggles and all the things that you thought, you know, well, I just got to get this right so I can come to God. Let me help you out. Don't. You can't. He says, come as you are. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good news? See, see, the gospel means good news. That's good news. See, everybody else and everything else you want to do, well, we got to clean up before we go. Right? We got to clean up before we go. We got to, we got to do this. And, and once I get this grade point average right, then, then I can, all these things, you can fill in those blanks. God said, I'll take you right where you are. And he knows where you were. He knows where you are. He knows where you're going. And I want to tell you, even when you're out here knowing where you're going, and things change in an instant, Jesus is still the final authority, amen? He's the final authority. I wanted to read a few things off my handout. I know we're going a little long today, but I believe it's worth it, amen? Confidence in Christ. It's always found in Christ. Every answer Every need and every provision is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We try to shortcut it. We try to short, short cycle things and, and get what we want right now. But let me tell you, it's all found in Christ. Just like he was saying, they were saying when everything was stripped away, he was listening real close. I'm telling you what, everything doesn't have to be stripped away for you to listen real close. He'll talk to you right here, right now, right here today. But I want to tell you what, he'll never leave you. God's not done with you yet, amen. And I want you also to know this. You say, what do I got to do? What do I got to do to get in on some of that? Just ask one thing. Jesus asked you one thing. He said, just believe. Just trust me. Just trust me. When he was in that situation, that's all he could do. If we realize the situation that we are all in, i got a mirror at my house, we'd realize we're in the same spiritual situation. That we are lost without Christ, right? We depended upon what he's done. So today, I pray that you call on him. He says, just trust me. Just put your faith and trust in me. Because I'm going to tell you what. It's all part of God's master plan. Can you all read that with me? You ready? Be confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I want you to know something. God's not done with you yet. I want you to know, regardless of your past, God still can use you. God still loves you. And you know what? Christ knew all the things that was going on in your life. And he still said, you know what? You're worth it. You know what? Today, I, I can't think of any other day uh, that, that's better than right here, right now, to just grab hold of what God's got for you. Amen?
See, a lot of times we'll put it off and you say, man, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a really powerful message today. But, you know, one of these days I need to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? I believe today's that day. I believe today is that day that you could call on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so well, as, as we take this time, this is your part that you could just kind of grab hold of that story. And the greatest story ever is the Lord Jesus Christ came and paid the sin debt in full so that we could have eternal life through him. Amen. You may be sitting here and you say, well, you know, wow, you know, uh, you just don't know my past. God says, I do. And I know your future. And I love you so much that I gave my life for you. So as we're here today, I ask you to close your eyes, bow your head and listen very close. God's not done with you yet. But you know what? You might say today's a good time for a good start, fresh start. So this is your time to respond. You might say, well, buddy, I, I, you know, I've never asked the Lord in my life to forgive me of my sin. I want to give you some scripture for this to, to seal this in your, your heart so you know what God says about you coming to him. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're here today and you say, I don't know about that. You know what? You can ask the Lord right here, right now to come into your life. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be here. If that's your prayer, you can raise your hand, look up here, and we'll pray with you. Don't leave today without coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you want to meet with me in the back, I'll pray with you. It doesn't matter. However you want to do it, I'm telling you, this is your opportunity to respond. And I always say this, if that's something you prayed today, tell somebody so we can rejoice. Amen? Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It transforms your life. It takes you from death to life. He places you here today for such a time as this. You didn't just show up here and say, wow, man, that's a really good, good day to show up. No, God knew you would be here. And my prayer and the prayer of others here is that you would hear exactly what God has for you today to transform your life. And that he's one way, one way to God. Amen. Aren't you glad that he doesn't change? If you're here today, you say, man, I've been walking through some tough stuff, buddy. Well, you know what? God's more than enough to see you through. So no, whatever your situation is, I want you to know that we're here, but more so that you realize that God is here for you. That God is here for you. Call upon his name. Trust in him and believe and understand that God is not done with you yet. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.